that's a you know hard question. Obviously, we just lost to the Saints. You know, I mean, let's just give them credit for this game. They played extremely well, and uh, I know we got a lot of work to do. Um, certainly, I think when I came to Detroit, there was a lot of work to do, and that's what we're trying to do. To come in and say that you had a lot of work to do is completely false. It's a bunch of trash because that wasn't the case in Detroit. We were a good football team. Matthew Stafford was playing as good as he has in his career. That was because of Coach Caldwell. And we were a, an organization that was ascending. It was built for growth, not regression. And they have regressed massively. Um, I mean, I think I probably... I mean, I probably say we, we got a lot of work to do. I probably say that every day, right? Um, I'm pretty sure that that's kind of just my, that's kind of my just um, my general outlook on on work. You know, there's always a lot to do and there's always a lot to, to be done. Um, I mean, you know, right now it's all about this team. It's about us. It's about going forward. It's about what do we do this week? What do we do next week? A quarter of the Detroit Lions 2020 NFL season is in the books. And the team still can't stop anyone from marching up and down the field and scoring points at will. With Matt Patricia still searching for answers, the question remains, is it too late for him to turn this thing around and get the Lions on the right track? And what about the role ownership plays in this early season debacle? I went searching for answers with Jake Rakema, an update anchor and producer for 97.1 The Ticket, who joined me this week to take the pulse of the franchise and whether or not Patricia deserves another opportunity to try and get this right. I'm Kevin McShann. Let's have this conversation. When you examine the Lions' season in totality, there's only really one place to start, and that is with the dismal start the defense has gotten off to this year. Thus, that's exactly where I began my discussion with Jake, debating how to fix the unit that has been crumbling down all season long. I'll re-welcome you to the show, Jake, and we're excited to talk to you about the state of the Lions. Great to see you this afternoon, and thanks so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure, Kevin. It's, it's, it's an honor to be on the show, but I don't know how excited we can get talking Lions, I mean, especially with what we've had to witness over the course of the first four weeks. Uh, well, you know, uh, uh, we have to uh, wallow in misery together. So here That's we go. right. Misery loves company. <laughs> So, uh, Jake, uh, I think the Saints are still scoring even after, <laughs> even after the game a couple of days ago. So my first question to you is, how do we uh, fix the Lions' defense, buddy? 
Well, Kevin, if, if I had those answers, I, uh, I, I wouldn't be in radio. You know, I'd be, I'd be on the sidelines coaching. But my goodness, I, I just I think it's one, another one of those weeks that just leaves you scratching your head. I mean, I don't want to dive into the numbers, but you, you have to with all the blown leads in the, you know, over the course of the Matt Patricia's first three seasons. It's, it's, the Lions go up 14-0, and, and me and you and everybody watching knows that that lead's not safe, and certainly the Saints are coming back. Nobody knew that it was going to be the, to the tune of, you know, whatever, 28 unanswered points or whatever it was, and it was going to be that easy. But you've seen this movie before. It's a bad movie, and unfortunately nothing is changing. Um, the Lions defense continues to get gashed at all levels, and uh, whether it be the lack of pass rush where the quarterback can stand back there and have all day to throw or the inability to to cover up I mean nobody can cover the receivers for as long as you know it was Drew Brees last Sunday it was Aaron Rodgers earlier this year you know um even even think back to week one I know that's a, a while ago but uh, in the fourth quarter it was Mitch Trubisky who doesn't even have a job anymore carving up this Lions defense and they've been carved up three out of the four weeks so far and that's supposed to be Matt Patricia and this this uh, this regime's calling card that's supposed to be their identity and clearly it is uh it's their identity but for the absolute wrong reasons which uh, is is very difficult to swallow it's difficult to witness week in and week out and uh you know on October and early October in 2020 it's uh, a very very bleak times for Lions fans now we saw yesterday that Houston pulled the plug on Bill O'Brien after an 0-4 start, and he actually has made the playoffs. I think it was four out of the seven years that he was the coach down there in Houston, and the Lions still insist on uh, keeping Matt Patricia. So what gives, in your opinion, Bonnie? What does this guy have to do to be put out of put out of his misery yeah Kevin another great question and another one that's going to leave you and and me and anybody else tuning in scratching their head because you know uh, especially when you come think of where this franchise was before Matt Patricia stepped in you know Bob Quinn had a couple of years with with Jim Caldwell and and you know people far more uh far more invested in it than me have come out and said, look, you know, this wasn't a team that was just absolutely rock bottom when Patricia took over. This was a team that was nine and seven. Jim Caldwell was fired after a nine and seven season. Think about that to where this franchise is now. Matt Patricia came in, drove this franchise into the ground, and he hasn't done himself any favors. You know, he's had soundbite after soundbite that just shows a lack of, a lack of awareness, a lack of the ability to read the room, you know, whether it was earlier this year when he was saying, I, I had the best defensive play in, in Super Bowl history as a coach. So I think I know a thing or two about coaching in the fourth quarter or, or when it was earlier this week, when he said I had a, you know, there was a lot of work to be done when I inherited this team. And it just seems like he does a lot of finger pointing, you know, it's, it, there's a lack of accountability, which it, it, it rubs fans wrong. It rubs the media wrong. And I don't, I can't say what it does to the players, but uh, um, the, and, and internally in that organization, but I can't, I can't necessarily think it bodes well. It, it doesn't come across that way. But again, Matt Patricia and, and you know, Bob Quinn, it, it, he's not blameless in any of this either. I mean, he came out Well, and he's said, the one who's hired Matt Patricia. Right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and he made the, you know, going back to sound bites, there's the infamous one of Bob Quinn saying nine and seven's not good enough. And that puts a, that puts a tangible record on the expectations at nine and seven and firing Jim Caldwell after that record 
and that being not good enough. So I can't imagine what uh, Patricia's era, if that's, if Caldwell's not good enough, then how in the world can Matt Patricia be good enough? And, and we're seeing that right now. And it's just, it's, I got to believe it's a matter of time. And I don't know if it will happen in the middle of the season, but unless. I certainly hope so. Yeah, right, right. Unless, uh, unless there's some kind of dramatic turnaround and, and, you know, I don't, I don't want to be completely negative in all of this, but now look at the Lions schedule. They've got teams like Jacksonville and Houston coming up. Maybe they will win a couple of games and, and I, for one, and I think a lot of people share the same opinion, you know, Dan Orlovsky, who's a ESPN voice um, on, on get up and, and, and NFL live has spoken out against Patricia, even to the extent of calling it a pile of trash and has been absolutely against the Patricia uh, regime and, and he's called for their job. So I, I don't know if it will happen in the season. Um, but the worst thing I think for the lions and their organization is if they rattle off a couple of wins and, and Sheila Ford and the rest of the, the, the organization decides to keep Quinn and, and Patricia around. I mean, that just sounds like a nightmare. So I'm praying that doesn't happen. Do you think uh, Patricia's been lionized? <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a term that uh, Detroiters know all too well. And uh, I, I mean, it's, it's difficult to say if he's been lionized. It, it just, I think a lot of times we, we, and you see it uh, across the NFL, but you know, phenomenal coordinators don't always make the best head coaches. It's a little bit different of a job. And, you know, all of a sudden you go from being a specialist and specializing and being the defensive coordinators to the CEO of the program, you know, you're running the program and, and whether it be the examples with Darius Slay, where, you know, he made comments that upset the superstar player, you know, there's a different, a different identity as the head coach. And, and for Matt Patricia in, in his first three years, it just, he just hasn't, he hasn't executed that, that role well as the CEO. And, and you can, you can point to the sound bites. You can point to the, his, his tumultuous relationship with the media, you know, when he asked a reporter to sit up straight when he's talking to him. And again, with the, the, uh, the beef he had with Slay and driving out Quandre Diggs and, you know, all kinds of former players speaking out against Matt Patricia. And it just seems like he's, he's come in. He, he said, it's going to be my way or the highway. He's, he's tried to gut everything um, within the organization that was associated with the Caldwell era, tried to make it 100% his own, signed all the former Patriots. And the, the, the proof is in the pudding. It just hasn't worked in Detroit for three years with Matt Patricia. Yeah, I call it uh, the Patriots of the North. It hasn't worked out, buddy. So uh, I'm hoping that uh, someone within the organization wakes up and actually puts this organization on the right track because when the culpability of composition of this roster falls squarely at the feet of general manager Bob Quinn, especially considering the fact he was given total autonomy to build the roster any way he saw fit. However, four games in to his fifth season, the team doesn't seem to be getting any tangibly better than when he first arrived. So I asked Redma to assess the amount of accountability we should place on Quinn and whether or not he deserves another shot to prove he can get this right. Yeah, I do think, I think there's a sense of 
Quinn and Patricia kind of being a package deal, especially for how much Quinn was uh, involved in bringing Patricia in and made it clear that he wanted his guy. And, and because of that, I think, I think if you, uh, if, if Patricia's gone, I got to believe Bob Quinn is gone as well. And it's a, it's a clean start from the beginning. That's, that's what I would do. That's what I think makes sense. But again, this organization doesn't do what makes sense all the time. So, so, you know, that's, uh, that's neither here nor there. I, I digress. But um, if Quinn's able to stick around and, and make a, a head coaching hire, um, I think there's a lot of great candidates out there and, and, you know, it, it's kind of like we, we've talked about with the, the Tigers manager search, you know, do you go with kind of the, try to find that hidden gem like they did with Patricia or do you go with one that's a little bit more proven? I mean, I've heard people. Well, I wouldn't call Patricia a gem, but go ahead. <laughs> right, 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 right. I, I, yes, I, I mean, trying to find that hidden gem, swinging, swinging for the fences and swinging and missing, uh, uh, in, in all aspects, but, uh, you know, a name like Tony Dungy or a veteran, um, a, a guy that's, that's gotten it done, I think would, uh, would help this organization. And so it's just a matter of trying to get inside that, that front office's brain and, and, and think what, uh, what they could possibly do to, to salvage this franchise that seems to be yet again, descending into rock bottom. Yeah. I'll, uh, combine the last two questions for you. Uh, the first one has to do with Matthew Stafford. Uh, I know that you guys on 97.1, the ticket uh, constantly get calls about him and whether he should be the face of the franchise and how much help does he really need. Uh, and how, uh, how do you think he's sort of elevated this franchise into national the national conversation? Because certainly uh, he's been sort of the Ford's golden boy. I think they love Matthew Stafford and won't get rid of him until he retires. But how do you think his career ascension has gone here in Detroit? And then finally, just finally, what do you predict is the future of this franchise? Yeah, the Stafford stuff for me is simple. I think he's an incredible quarterback, incredibly talented, obviously first overall pick. He's going to make as much money as as anybody ever um just the way the contract's been structured and because he's had he had that uh huge deal um for both of the his his new contracts and and i think he's a great person look at everything he's done for detroit he's a community guy and and the city has rallied behind him and i think there's so much more good with matthew stafford than bad but the, the fact of the matter, the harsh reality, call it whatever you want. It's been 11 years, and a first number one overall quarterback has not had a playoff win um, for a franchise that's had chances. And it doesn't all reflect on Matthew Stafford. It's not all his fault. But I think 11 years is enough of a sample size to say it's not going to work here. And, and I think Matthew Stafford deserves better. This organization has not – has not given him the, the, the opportunity and enough, you know, I, of course he's had the resources. I don't like that argument that he never had the weapon because he had one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. I know he's never had a run game, but he's had enough to get it done. He's had some good defenses and it just hasn't happened in 11 years. And, and, you know, we, we make silly analogies on the radio all the time. There can be, there can be two good people married in a relationship and it just not work out and divorce is the best thing for it. I think divorce is, 
is the best thing for Matthew Stafford. Give him an opportunity to win elsewhere. There's plenty of organizations that are competing for playoff spots that he could go and help in an instance. And, and maybe a, a fresh start would be helpful for both him and his family. And the Lions could, again, because they've hit rock bottom, they can start over. I wanted them to do that by drafting to a tongue of Iloa out of Alabama. And they, they refused to do that because, like you said, Matthew Stafford is the golden child in Detroit. And, and maybe he has earned that. I mean, he's, he's given, like you said, uh, the national relevance with Matthew Stafford. He's given uh, the, the national audience a reason to watch the Lions because he is that spectacular he is that talented but he just hasn't gotten over the hump maybe it's not all all his fault and and completely 100% on him but the fact of the matter is nothing has happened in 11 years and it's time it's time for a healthy divorce send Stafford to a, a new organization and and start over if you're Detroit Hey, Jake, I really want to thank you for spending a couple of minutes with me talking Lions. It was a lot of fun, and we appreciate your insights and perspective. Have a great day, and uh, thanks for being here, bud. Thank you so much, Kevin. A lot of fun. We'll do it again anytime. I really enjoyed it.